we're super hard on each other, right? It's, this isn't a, Hey, Alex, like this kid, let's offer him. Should we take him? And, and we got people on the fence and it's like, we don't want to ruffle any feathers, right? So to, to get a kid offered here and then to take a kid, uh, his commitment, I mean, it's really got to be vetted through, you know, there, there are no secrets. There are no, Oh, you know what? Like, I don't want to have this awkward conversation because I might ruffle a feather or two. Um, so that, that's where I, th- I really like with coaches. He's thorough. And, and I'll say this, he makes you earn it. You know, if, if you want to offer a kid and you want to take a kid, you know, you're going to have to earn it and you're going to have to, to show him why, um, you know, that kid should be a take at the, at the end of the day, because, you know, you don't get to trade players. You don't get to cut players and re-sign free agents like in the NFL. Like you get your counters, right? You get your numbers and, and you better be right. Do I really look like a guy with a plan? What's up, everybody, and thank you for tuning in today for this week's edition of Up Close In Personnel with Alex Brown. No matter what platform you're listening from, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, iHeart, Stitcher, Google, whatever, I appreciate your time and would appreciate it even more if you hit that subscribe button, rate, like, and share the show. Now, on to this, this week's show, we've got a great guest, a repeat guest, checking back in with Geiska Crowley who last joined us for episode eight, nearly one year ago to the date. Tomorrow's actually gonna be our official anniversary. I don't know. Uh, but in his first appearance, we broke down the differences between FBS and FCS recruiting as he was working previously for Southern Illinois. Now at UNLV for episode 48, we break down his new role in Vegas and an awesome networking and professional development event that he's helped spearheading the DPP Spring Clinic. So what's the DPP Spring Clinic and who should attend? It's free. It's for anybody that's in college football personnel or recruiting. And just get a ticket to Vegas. It's May 27th to May 28th. And it's going to start with check-in at Caesars Palace, a facility tour at UNLV with Geiska, socials that evening, and all day on the 28th, roundtable panel discussions all day long for recruiting and personnel people. In this episode, he gives awesome advice, Geiska does, on how to prepare for those big opportunities, whether that's a director role, assistant director role, or even a recruiting assistant, what he looks for, how to do a great job in your current role, and just advice on how to approach professional development opportunities such as this one. They've got incredible sponsors that we were unfortunately not able to talk about due to compliance rules, but there is one sponsor that I can hit on before we close out and, and bring Geiska on for the show, and that is War Room. Whether you're an FBS, FCS, D2, D3, NAI high school or pro team, War Room can create customizable solutions for you, from roster management stuff to logistics to team management, depth charts, all of the above. They've got those solutions for you. For more information, reach out to Moose Bingham at 801-808-7754 or go to www.collegewarroom.com for a free demo. And in addition to that, Check out the Twitter handle FB Personnel for more information on the clinic and how you can sign up. They've got a national directory that you can sign up for for free to connect with hundreds of college recruiters and personal guys that are either going to be there or just guys that are trying to connect. So check out all those resources. Definitely tune in for this episode. Learn more about the DVP Spring Clinic. And as always, enjoy the show.
Just hit a button, Morty. Give me a beat. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Um... Geiska, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's actually been a almost a full year. We're five days away from being a full year since the last time you were on the show. It's uh, it's our anniversary. I appreciate uh, I appreciate you remembering. Yeah, no, can't can't forget the important dates, right? You write them on the calendar. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I didn't I didn't even ask you this on the last show. Uh, I I mean. It kind of just sneaks in there on your Twitter bio, but aspiring Mensa member. Uh, yeah, Tom, oh yeah. Tom Herman, uh, he liked to throw his Mensa card around. But have you at least like taken the tests or anything? Like I, I know there's there's a lot of steps into this deal. Uh, not officially, not officially. You know that was it was a joke between my my buddy and I that uh, kind of growing up, and it was like we'd always joke like, oh no, I'm taking my test next week. I'm taking my test next week, you know? And that was probably like an eight year joke. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's, it's a goal of mine down the road once uh, once once I get all this football stuff out of the way. Yeah, then maybe a summer, maybe a summer project for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's a lot different than it was a year ago and a lot of it's actually kind of the same, right? So we're still in a dead period. Uh, thankfully things are opening up in June. We'll, we'll talk more recruiting stuff later in the show, but you went from the F we, we talked last about FCS recruiting and like the challenges of building the roster and the differences between the, just I mean, frankly, like scholarships, you know, and how there's, there's partials and halves and how you kind of balance it like a salary cap. And now you go from being kind of the do it all guy at Southern Illinois to now you're the director of player personnel, a little more bit of a, a defined role and, and an awesome opportunity at UNLV and, I didn't realize how high y'all finished uh, just from a recruiting class standpoint. And we, we don't need to rely solely on the rankings, right? Cause we always joke there's all right. Like they're always wrong as far yeah. as rating guys, but I mean, to finish top five in your conference, your first year there and top 70 in the country, and then also getting four power five transfers. I think that's really cool. So uh, talk about your new job at UNLV and how you're enjoying it over there. Sure. Yeah. We, we always joke, you know, that it's like recruiting rankings don't matter till they matter. Right. And, and so it's like, it, it is what it is, right. It is what it is another person's opinion, but I uh, know, but it's been great. I transitioned from Southern uh, last July. So like you said, almost a year. Um, and, and it's been, it's been a great opportunity to work with coach uh, Arroyo, who's the, the head coach here coming, coming down from Oregon. And then uh, Shelby McIntyre is our director of recruiting uh, does an incredible job as well. So, yeah, so it, uh, when you have a head coach that emphasizes recruiting, when you have a head coach that emphasizes, like you said, getting the best players you can, and, and that's not just lip service, but, but is a day-to-day thing. Um, I think that it shows when you, when you put in the work, um, you're aggressive, you know, you, you, you do everything you can to, to put yourself out there as a program. And we've got a lot of things to sell here at UNLV, um, a brand new football only facility. Uh, that, was, that was built last January. Um, we obviously play in Allegiant Stadium uh, with a, the Las Vegas Raiders play. Um, and then really Vegas exploding as, a, as not kind of that old school perception of what Vegas have, but really as a sports hub, right? You've got the, you've got the Golden Knights, you've got um, the Aces, I believe, which is WNBA team. You've got indoor soccer. You've got a lot of different sports. You know, they're talking about an NBA team coming here, maybe an MLB team. So really it's kind of a, a sports mecca. So we, we fill that and we use that in recruiting. Um, and, and the, you know, the staff before I got here and, and since we've done a, a really nice job. The Raiders. Have you yeah. had a chance to meet uh, Mike Mayock yet? 
No, I haven't. I haven't. You know, that's that's the one hope. Uh, you know, you know how it is being the pro liaison too. Is you always have those guys come through and you come through for your pro day. And obviously, with COVID, that didn't happen. Um, but I hope, uh, I hope you know, once things open up, be able to meet some of those guys. Obviously, I've visited with some of their scouts. But uh, but yeah, but but between he and Gruden, it's a it's a unique unique uh, group of cats over there for sure. So then, like when it comes to like recruiting visits in the fall, projecting it out, will since you're using the Raider Stadium, do you get to like kind of walk recruits through it, or do they treat it like a neutral site field? Like, have y'all kind of talked through that? Yeah, Cause, cause yeah. That, that so, should be really cool if if I mean it can be that way. Yeah. So the Raider Stadium is obviously incredible. We we played in there this this past season. Um, I think it was one game with limited fans, and then the rest of the way with no fans. But yeah, it, it's an incredible opportunity to, to recruit in it's an incredible opportunity to play in and we think you know for official visits and game day visits and everything I think it can be a huge advantage for us um, in that recruiting space so yeah we're super excited to, to to now get some get some players in there and let them check it out yeah uh, you know talking about you know switching gears and, and, and being able to now get guys on campus how how busy is, is your life going to be in this month of June yeah, it, it's packed right now, you know, because what it is, is like you said, it's, it's, you know, 130 some FBS teams plus FCS teams trying to get, you know, the same guys on campus, but really you're talking about three or four weekends, you know, um, so, but it's been good though, but it's been good, you know, we've got our camp schedule set up, we'll have a bunch of coaches on the road also, so really, I, you know, I'm finally excited to, to evaluate a kid, you know, in person, whether it be on campus or our coaches off, you know, because we watched film and you watch the camp film, you try to get the verified measurables, but no one's had an in-person evaluation. So that, that's the excited thing for the 2022 class is, is you've got your evaluation based on film and based on, you know, your, your summer work, but then to be able to get an in-person evaluation. And I think that's going to shake up some boards for sure. Well, and, and also for like the, the rising junior class, like I feel like those guys have been so kind of lost in the, in the weeds of this whole, whole deal. I, I think this way. For, for us, I, I feel like we battled and, and beat out a bunch of teams that, you know, normally it would be even tougher in a, in a regular recruiting cycle where these guys went to more camps. Like, I feel like we got some steals in the, in the 21 class. Did you feel that way where the kind of the COVID restrictions kind of leveled the playing field as, as far as like everybody can only do the same thing and that's talk to the kids? Yeah, uh, we thought so, you know, especially with being on the West Coast, you know, California, with a really limited season. And then obviously Hawaii not playing at all. So we, we really feel like we got some power five caliber guys, you know, and, and guys that in a normal camp season in a normal fall season um, would, would be even more coveted than they already were. Um, so like I said, we, we feel really, really good about the class and, and, and feel like those guys can come and, and compete right away for playing time. Yeah. And then like with your role now, um, kind of for, for people who may not know, What's the difference between a director of player personnel, director of recruiting for UNLV? Because I know it's different for every single school. Yeah, exactly. That's the caveat, right? Like every, every school is different. Um, but it's like I said, Shelby McIntyre is our director of recruiting. Um, she does a great job with, uh, you know, obviously the, the setting up visits, coordinating with families, communicating with recruits, uh, helping our coaches honestly streamline that communication process, you know, obviously your graphics and, and things like that. So she does a really nice job of, of, um, of working with our coaches and working with, like I said, with the families and the recruits where, where my job is more 
film evaluation, board management, um, player rankings, finding new kids, more the, the scouting evaluation side. Um, so we work really, really well together. I think it's a, it's a good balance for us. And then, and as you know, like in June, it's all hands on deck, right? So like I'm coaching, you know, I'm planning, you know, coaches travel to camp. She's handling the, the, the unofficial visits. Um, so like you said, in the busy times, it's, I mean, we all have no titles, right? We all just work in the recruiting office. Um, so depending on what time of year that changes a little bit, but, uh, but, but it's been, it's been a good balance. Like I said, she does a really nice job and, and we, we balance each other well in that regard. I like that in the busy times we have no titles. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, I'm working with, with our, uh, assistant to the head coach, like I said, with coaching travel and booking hotels and what's crazy is it's the first go around for all of us. So you know how it is. This is the behind the scenes stuff that nobody tells you about the business offices and what card you're allowed to use and what's your hotel rate and. So being a, you know, first time together, kind of going through that, you know, learning all those administrative HR kind of things. Um, but, uh, but it's going well, we're excited for June. And I know Oregon like gets after it with recruiting with Cristobal and, and Cristobal's a very, very like recruit heavy mindset. How has, what are some things or, or maybe some, some ways or examples you, you've seen Coach Arroyo bring that to UNLV and stuff that you've learned from maybe the Oregon process that you've now had to like incorporate? Yeah, it's, it's been a great learning experience for me. Um, obviously, just, you know, you've been a couple of different spots and you pick up stuff from different coaches and you um, were for us like, you know, we're going to be super, super aggressive. You know, we're going to recruit kids um, from from A, all over the country, but then B, you know, with certain star ratings or certain offers, you know, that, that really doesn't come up in conversation to us very much as far as, oh, well, this kid has this or that, you know, so we're going to be super aggressive. We're going to try to find um, players that we feel like, you know, meet our, our needs, you know, Coach Overeal and I work a lot together, you know, talking about growth potential, verified measurables, critical traits, and and honestly, we're, we're super hard on each other, right? It's This isn't a Hey, Alex, like this kid, let's offer him. Should we take him? And, and we got people on the fence and it's like, we don't want to ruffle any feathers, right? So to, to get a kid offered here and then to take a kid, uh, his commitment, I mean, it's really got to be vetted through, you know, there, there are no secrets. There are no, oh, you know what? Like, I don't want to have this awkward conversation because I might ruffle a feather or two. Um, so that, that's where I, th- I really like with coaches. He's thorough and, and I'll say this, he makes you earn it. You know, if you want to offer a kid and you want to take a kid, you know, you're going to have to earn it and you're going to have to, to show him why, um, you know, that kid should be a take at the, at the end of the day, because, you know, you don't get to trade players. You don't get to cut players and re-sign free agents like in the NFL, like you get your counters, right? You get your numbers and, and you better be right. It's the, the, old, the old quote. It's not the ones that you didn't get that get you beat. It's the ones that you did get. Oh, every day. Yeah. I mean, and that's something that's hard, you know, just, for me, and as I'm learning and growing, they always talk about it and the quote, it's same variation, but it's like, if you take the wrong guy, he'll beat you every day. But if you don't take the wrong guy, he'll only beat you once a year. Right. So it's like, that's how I kind of think it's like, man, we missed on so-and-so. And, and, and that's part of our process of learning either why you miss eval a kid or why you didn't get a kid. But yeah, but ultimately, man, you got to make sure that the 25 you get are the right ones. Cause there's a ton of players out there. Um, and it's just a matter, honestly, it's about finding the right ones rather than, and that's something I always talk about with guys like, you know, you're the same, I will send you film, right? And it's like, hey, there, there's this sleeper safety, you know, he's a really good player. And it's like, yeah, man, I'm with you. He's a really good player. But we, have, we only may get one safety this year. 
Yeah. And it's, it's easy to say, Hey, I really like him. But then to go to you and say, Alex, that's your one safety. That's the one guy you get in this class. Is he your one? When you frame it that way, you know, you want to be a little more picky and you want to be, make sure your, your process vets out to make sure you're getting the right guy. Yeah. We, we, uh, we were having one of our watch parties as a staff. This was, this was during spring ball and we had been on the same, prospects at this position obviously I'm not going to get into the names of them uh because I can't talk about them but we had been on the same guys and we felt like we're pretty close but we came across some really good prospects that were new and they were like hey we got to like evaluate these guys as staff went through the game film made the calls to the coaching staff um you know had the position coach watch coordinator watch sitting there and coach Bloomgren's watching he's like all right, now throw on so and so. They get the first guy we offered. Yeah, and okay. we re, and we rewatch him. We rewatch his profile tape as a staff, and he's like, "Yeah, I like that other guy, but this is the one I want still." And then you know, ask the coordinator, ask the defense line coach, and I think the more you have those conversations where you um, make it uncomfortable, like that's that's what you have to do. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, absolutely. And, and kind of like we said, talking about like making you earn it, right? Where it's like, you've got to be in there. You've got to have his verified measurable, his track times, his parents' names, his GPA, what the head coach said about him, what a seven-on-seven guy said about him. And you've got to have all that information and you've got to be buttoned up, right? Because if, if you're not, and the head man comes and looks at you and asks, you know, well, what does his high school coach think of him? Or what are his, what are his track times? And you, and you don't have that. You know, that, that's kind of what we talked about as far as being as being thorough and really vetting it out um, and then watching kids back to back. Like, I think that's huge. I do that all the time. You you know, it's like to, to watch a kid when you're watching a bunch of different positions. Maybe you got a prospect list for the high school coach or something. But then to go back and say, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch five quarterbacks back to back to back to back to back and then kind of rate them that way. I, I feel like for me is, is really helpful. Um, you, you know, you block out your time, you close your door, your office and really. Yep just say, I'm going to watch these seven running backs. Cause sometimes, like you said, in your example, you'll be surprised how your order shakes out when you do it that way. Yeah. And like when, when we're going through sophomores as a recruiting staff, I, I make sure that it's a week by week thing. So like if I have four or five States, I'm going to have, you know, one day for one state at that one position and go state by state through the week, by the end of the week, we meet and talk about it. And I think that's the best way. Cause I, I've done in the past where you go by area and your, your mind is in like 10 different positions yep. and it, it, you can't live that way. So, um, and especially as a staff, right? Cause it's like, you know, if it's running back day, it's like your own line coach and your running back coach are going to be really, really dialed in. Right. And like you said, if you're, if you're scrambling, whether it be, be by area or by region, it's like, sometimes you, you know how it is you're in those film rooms and, and to keep that focus for all the positions when you're bouncing around can be tough sometimes. Well, and, and then the other thing that helps when you focus on a specific position for a, more than a day or more than, you know, two days, the staff gets a feel for what that coach is looking for because they come to them with enough players and it's like, no, that's not what I'm looking for. Okay. So height, weight, speed, criticals, position specific, what are we trying to replace? And then you have like a second level combo instead of just like a, Oh, he shot down my guy again. It's like, no, like let's get closer to the solution and super seniors real quick. Like, how, how many do y'all got coming back and, and how has that COVID uh, waiver impacted you guys as far as forecasting? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been difficult. You know, I think that, that to, to earlier conversation about having a head coach, it really values recruiting. 
um, the, the roster management piece comes into that, you know, kind of really hand in hand. So he and I work really closely with that and, and really it's a daily conversation. Um, you know, and, and like you said, I think each school is going to handle it a little bit differently. So, so obviously some schools are going to allow you to go over the 85. Some schools are going to be at the 85. You know, I've talked to a lot of different guys who are kind of doing it different ways, but yeah, it is going to be different. Um, I think too, as we've talked about, you know, you and I offline, it's, it's what does it do to your 22 class? What does it do to your 23 class? How many positions you can take, how many guys you can take. Um, so yeah, so it's just a constant conversation for us. That's the, that's the big thing. And, um, you know, with, with the, we're, you know, we've got a group of seniors coming back, but, but that's the, the big thing is just making sure it's a constant conversation. So there's no surprises. I think ultimately, whether that be with the super seniors coming back or what your takes are at each position in the 22 or the 23 class, you know, to, to make sure that you guys are and myself are having daily conversations about that. Yeah. And like the, the implications of say, closing out your 21s when you take a high school kid he's on the books for five yep. when when you take a grad transfer like you get a number for the next class when, well, you, take a, when you take a two-year transfer you get one in two classes and I, I don't think people realize that when when they're just like hey check out my guy it's like okay there's like a bigger puzzle behind all of this that you got to factor in at each position Absolutely. And, and, you know, where are you strong at, but not even youth wise or, or, or experience, but like, like maybe you're young at this position, but you hit on two really good freshmen and you hit on two really good sophomores. So it's like, okay, well maybe you have a little more wiggle room to take an older transfer because you have that youth or vice versa. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the tough thing. And I've been there as a high school coach when you, you send your prospect sheet out and you really like this kid and a college isn't going on them. It's like, you got to understand though, from, from now from this side of the, the table, the, the college has the bigger piece to mix in. How does their depth chart look like? Um, you know, who did they sign in the last class? That, that's more than just, Hey, I watched this kid's film and I think he's a good player. You know? And then conversely, like if you miss on some guys and you're quote unquote at your number, sometimes you got to go over and, and make sure you get a player that can start. Yeah. I, and I, I'll, you know, something that was told to me is, um, you know, numbers aren't depth, right? So when someone looks and you've got, oh, man, we got five running backs or we got 12 receivers. And it's like, but that's not depth, right? That's not, that's not quality. Those aren't players. Just because you have that many human beings sitting in the chairs in the room doesn't mean you've got your adequate depth at that position. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's a thing that all team builders and, and roster management guys always have to focus on is, is where do we need to, to, to oversign and then where do we undersign from in, in comparisons to that? Yeah, this is really good stuff. Um, and I, the, the, the daily conversation piece, I mean, that is so important, like the relationship with the head coach. We've talked about it off air, on air, previous episodes. Getting into the big thing that, that I, I really want you to talk about is the DPP Spring Clinic. I think it's really awesome that y'all are doing it. Um, it's unfortunate that I'm going back in the office the day I'll start it. Yeah. But I do plan on making it next year. What triggered it? What 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 led you to deciding to to make this thing a reality? Um, I, I've had conversations with some of the sponsors that uh, of the the clinic that I I can't mention just because of the nature of the podcast. But uh, you and Lucas uh, kind of putting on the uh, the Las Vegas DPP Spring Clinic. You want to talk about like where the idea came from? Yeah, yeah. So Lucas is the the DPP at, at Nevada Reno. 
Um, and, and he and I have always just kind of kicked back, you know, now that I moved out to Vegas, he and I, you know, touch bases and, and kind of got to know each other a little bit. Um, and, and really it just kind of came from a place of, to wanting to network and wanting personnel recruiting people to have that opportunity to connect. Right. Like, I think you've done a really nice job with the podcast. I think that I've you known for a lot of people that, that, that listen and, and really like that. I know, um, Clubhouse and a couple of the different mediums out there have have done a really nice job. You know, Austin Thomas uh, set up like a Zoom, kind of a weekly Zoom uh, meeting called Sideline View. I guess that was last spring. Um, so just you know, finding ways to to connect. And really, what we wanted to do with this clinic is is there's no charge to come. There's no registration fee. You just gotta come to Vegas and you gotta find a room or find somewhere to sleep. And then and then ultimately, you know, it, it's really just about connecting. You know, they've they've done some different events in the past. Uh, personnel symposium, which was really successful. Um, you know, so really for us is, is Lucas's nice vision with it is similar to what they've done with the DFO convention, um, where we, we like to create some type of committee, you know, five or six people or whatever that number ends up being to, to help coordinate this event yearly. And, and, and really, it's, like I said, it's not about making money. We're not charging anything. It's really just a, allowing personnel, scouting, recruiting people, a chance to, to network, connect, professional development, you know, learn. Um, and, and I think, you know, the off-field people are in a unique situation where we don't get to travel as much as the on-field coaches do, right? Whether that be spring recruiting or going to, to camp. So they have that opportunity to, to network and visit, you know, you go to the camp all day and then you go get dinner with an old friend. And it's like, you know what, with really AFCA is our only opportunity. That's where I met you for the first time in person. And then the symposium the last couple of years, so that's really the genesis is, and hopefully, um, you know, we, we were able to continue this event, whether it's me, you know, quote unquote running it or whoever, um, ultimately at the end of the day, that that's the, the vision for the event. And, and we're super excited about it. And I I'm so happy y'all are doing it. Cause it's like, when you go to the AFCA, I, I feel like it's great for learning ball. It really is. And, and you get to see how coaches present and teach and learn more about schemes that you otherwise wouldn't have the time to do but there's nothing for really recruiting or evaluating or the things that we do on a day to day. So when, when you and Lucas kind of sat down and started kind of piecing together these ideas for, you know, topics of discussion, um, you know, where did, where did you start and where did you feel like uh, there needs to be more of a focus for, I guess, maybe educating or uh, brainstorming from other directors in the field? Uh, we really crowdsourced it, honestly, like when, when they, you know, when you register, um, you know, when you register for the event and you can check my Twitter too, it's got the, the links and everything if, if you're interested in, in coming and we just created a, a space for you to say, Hey, what do you want to talk about? You know, so we've had when, when people would register, they put in their information and they'd, they'd say, Hey, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about that. But the main thing for me for the, for the clinic was I didn't want it to be uh, like speaker based, right? I didn't want it to be Hey, there's, you know, 50 or hundred people, whatever the number ends up being sitting, listening to five people talk or listening to two people talk. We wanted it interactive. So we, we will have a guest speaker and we will have a, a panel discussion, but most of the, the interaction is going to be kind of round table based. We, like I said, crowdsource the different topics and, and we're going to really just let this thing grow organically and, and let people take conversations where they want to take them. Um, we'll, you know, have some time breaks and lunch breaks and that kind of thing. We got a social set up for that, that Thursday evening. Um, but that, I wanted people as interactive as possible because me as a young guy, I was like, man, I'd kill to go sit at Alex Brown's table. Hey, man, I'd go kill to say that whoever's table. 
as an up and comer in the industry. So that's what we wanted um, an opportunity for, for veterans or young people getting into the business um, to, to have an opportunity to really connect rather than just sit in on a guest speaker uh, is, is the thought. And, and I think it'll be, I think it'll be good. What advice do you have for, for some of those young people that maybe is a rec- recruiting assistant out on the West coast or, or is just like, Hey, I'm going to go make, make sure I get to this event, um, you know, to, to get my name out there, get my resume out there. I'm trying to get a job. What, what advice did you have for that person who maybe is entry level or a volunteer that's trying to make the jump from entry to, you know, a, a position? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be super boring and I'm going to answer the same question or the same answer that I had last time I was on the, the pod. It's like, you got to provide value, right? Like you've got to come down to the clinic and you got to meet, you know, the guy at the guy at USC, the guy at Oregon, the gal at, you know, UCLA, whoever ends up being there. And somehow you've got to connect with them and you've got to provide value um, and be different, right? Like I just, the, the, I don't know how else to do it. You know, if, if you guys walked around and passed out resumes and got a job, God bless you, that didn't work for me. Um, but so for me, it's how do I provide value to, to connect with as many people as I can. Um, so at, at this event, like I said, it's going to be, it's really going to be an or, a small event. It's going to be organic. So it's not going to be like you said, like at AFCA, it's intimidating, right? You got 5,000 coaches, you got the head coach of this school, the head coach of that school. And, and quite honestly, like you're not going to walk up to the head coach at Rice and spend really any meaningful time with them at AFCA. Like that's just not the format for it. Um, but hopefully here, whoever comes can really spend some meaningful time with people across the industry and then, and then kind of crack in that way. Yeah. One, one of the questions, and I don't want to, I don't want to dive too deep into the questions and, and the topics because uh, I might steal all your ammo before, yeah, you, get, no, before no. you get over to Vegas or you're already there, but um, you know, steal all your answers and put it on a podcast for, for it starts. But uh, assuming somebody else answers this question and not you, Preparing for the interview, I want to know how you prepared for the UNLV job. And while you're think through your, your answer, because I, you know, I don't want to like, you know, rush you into it. Um, I know that's a very, very loaded question. Sure. Uh, when I, when I, anytime I interviewed for a director type of job, like my whole focus was okay. The number one thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to know the vision of this head coach. I'm going to know what he's looking for. I'm going to listen to the introductory press conference. I'm going to listen to the end of the season conference. Um, anytime he's in front of a mic talking big picture, like I was going to listen and take a ton of notes on what he said. Cause most of the time that's a very prepared interaction, you know, and he's going to hammer home like the things that are important to him. And then on the flip side, like I need to know the staff, I need to know the inner workings as much as possible. So like obviously helps when you have somebody on the inside or somebody that's a, getting you a foot in the door, so to speak. And you got to evaluate, like you've, you've got to break down their roster. And that starts from going through signing class by signing class. Who did they sign? Who are the guys that were brought in as walk-ons and you can check like the news feed for, Hey, this walk-on got put on scholarship. And so that changes the numbers, right? So it's, it's like doing the job that we're doing right now is building a roster, doing it in the reverse order which winds up kind of being a fun little puzzle to put together. It's like, okay, so I have 83. I wonder what they have, you know, when you actually step in the building Um, and then evaluating the last two or three recruiting classes and seeing, you know, how your evaluations at the school that you're at currently compare to what they see in the player. So that's kind of like where my mind goes immediately, but 
where did your mind go when you were preparing for the UNLV job? Yeah, I think that the interview question, like it really, it really grows organically throughout your career, right? So I do have a portfolio that, that I've really worked on, man, ever since my, my XO's days at the, at the beginning that, that has changed immensely to now to where it is now. And some of those things in that portfolio, um, I do an evaluation of uh, one position of every kid in the last signing class. And that's like a full page NFL style evaluation, right? It's not a couple of blurbs, it's, it's verified, it's track stuff, it's offer stats. Um, and I also do a regional breakdown of every kid they've signed in the last five years, where they signed them from, you know, so like, what are the, I was calling the hotspots, like, what are your hotspots? What are your cool zones, right? So, so what are the areas that you haven't signed very many kids from? And then the third thing is, I always say, what are a potential area that that school's not in that they could crack into um, is, is what, you know, so that's kind of a, a heat map that I call it, that I'll do that. Um, and then a, a roster breakdown, like you said, of, of, you know, best you can. I mean, there's some online, it takes some work, but you can find a lot of that stuff online where their roster shapes up, you know, and, and you do your best to kind of, like you said, put that, put that puzzle together. Um, and then kind of to answer your first question, yeah, I think you got to, I mean, that's ultimately, you've got to learn everything you can in that short, you know, 24 hours, 48 hours, whatever your prep time is, is you got to learn as much as you can. And I always say that, that you've got to speak the same language as your head coach. Right. If your head coach really talks about in his introductory press conference or his signing day interview and he says, you know what, we need to make X city a hub for this town or we got to do. But, you know, we did a great job on the O-line or whatever. the Like you need to be able to to reference that when you're talking to the head coach. I think that's that's really important. And then to me, three things or I always say, like, what are your three things? I like to keep interviews really, really simple. And I like to hammer home my three things. Right. And that'll be different for everybody. But I think the I think the number one issue people have on interviews is they're scattered. Right. They try to cover everything and they're just all over the place. Right. So for me, the, the, the three things that I always talk about that are on top of my interviews, like I'm unbelievably organized. Right. I want to I want that to stress that to the coach. Um, I have no ego whatsoever. Right. I started as a, as a high school coach who used to paint the fields and serve pregame meals. So like if I come into a, you know, a school and I got I mean, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. And then the third thing for me, this is just me personally, is just gratitude and, and realizing what an unbelievable opportunity I have to even interview for a job at this level. Um, so what then I do is I hit home those three things, really, and any question he answers, I somehow try to tie those things back into my answers to really keep it, the interview kind of razor focused um, and try to limit. Because if not, and you just get rambling, then you just say all kinds of wacky stuff and, and you're not as crisp, you know, not as crisp as you'd like to be. Yeah. I, I, you know, keep it simple, like keep it simple, stupid. Um, like that's, that's awesome stuff. How long was, was your interview? How long were you, were you going? So we, it was different was a COVID is we did it, we did it remotely. Um, so honestly, my interview was, it was, it wasn't really long, but it was a lot of shorter interviews and coach had me visit with a lot of different people on staff. Um, so it was a little bit unique, obviously because of COVID too. I didn't, you know, I didn't fly to Vegas to meet with him and the staff or anything. Um, you know, and I, th I think that's a good one too, is, is I always say that you're not, you're not trying to hire the best interviewer. You're trying to hire the best person for the job. And I think some people are really good at interviewing and they're not that good at their job. And then some people may be great at their job, but just need to get better at interviewing. Um, so it's just, it's fine in the balance, but yeah, but for us, it was a lot of uh, smaller, shorter kind of interaction. Yeah. And, and while you kind of jotted, jotted something for me real quick, um, 
I had a call with, with Andy Wang from uh, Colorado. I know he's going to make it out there. And we were just kind of kicking it back and forth on what is the, the, the interview process or, or protocol for recruiting assistants, like entry-level people as, as a director, what do you put them through? And it, it kind of, the conversation shifted a lot based on you've got to figure out what the expectations are and, and what, what stage professionally that person is and, and like their, their background, because like you got to make it a feasible opportunity, something that can actually work. Um, and the thing that, that I kept going back to was like, I don't want to hire somebody and then he gets his dream job a month later. And I, you know, all that, that work of developing is, is pretty much gone. Like you, you really need to focus on finding somebody that wants to be there for a full year or, or at least communicate on the front end what, what your expectation is and make sure it marries up to the, to the person you're bringing in the building. Does that make sense to you? And, and, and maybe uh, can I have your thoughts on how to approach, uh, you know, really evaluating and interviewing recruiting assistants and volunteers? Cause I, I really do believe that it's gotta be a good marriage. Like I've got to find somebody that's hungry, that wants to develop that I can bring value to as a director and somebody who has some perspective and experience and that on the flip side, they want to be here and, and they're committed to and capable of, you know, locking in a certain number of whether that's a month or like for a summer type of internship or, you know, half a year until the NFL cycle starts in the spring or a full year. Yeah. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. I think that, that, and it's something I stole from, from, from coach who always talks about, he talks about um, um, high character, low ego, high output, right? So like if, if my thought is who am I hiring, especially in some of those younger positions that may not have the resume that might be right out of college or a GA and do, do they fit those three criteria? And I'm going to, I just want to hire the best person I can find. And if that person's here six months, but he gives me or she gives me 10 out of 10 production for six months, then I'm happy with that. If they're here 12 months, but it's 10 out of 10 production, I'm happy with that. And I'll go find another one. Um, and I, I'd rather find the best person I can find for X amount of time than find a substandard candidate for 18 months. Oh yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah. It's, it's but, no but absolutely. Yeah. yeah. To, but to, I think to you and, and your point is expectations. Cause I, and you're the same way. I, you know, we get emails all the time from a guy on the East coast. that's like, Hey, I want to come and volunteer. And as I'm like, that's great. But you know, like, Hey, you're not going to get paid. you got to pay for housing. you got to pay for meals. Like, so I think like you saying expectations is the biggest thing is, is realizing whether it be an unpaid internship, whether it be an hourly thing, whether they're a full-time recruiting assistant, just so they make sure to know it's like, hey, this is the role that we're hiring you for. Um, and, and the expectations beforehand, I think is critical just to, like you said, make sure that you're not hiring someone in a on-campus recruiting position and they wanna grind film or you're hiring someone who wants to be in operations but they're going to be on, on campus. So just making sure, um, what, like I said, whether it's intern or full-time or anywhere in between, making sure that expectations are all laid out. I think that, like you said, I think that's super important. Yeah, and I would totally agree with you on, you hire the best person available, uh, 100%. Uh, that was more of like, how do you set the table in those environments? And you did a good job of answering that. Um, how has like this, this, uh, this change been for uh, maybe the quality of life uh, for you? Because 
now you get to focus on on your 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 wheelhouse you know you yeah. get to focus on evaluating and not that you didn't enjoy the operational side and logistics because i know that you do enjoy that from just the, the organization side of things but how, how nice has it been to have some some help around you it's been really nice like i said it's been really nice at southern um i had a little you know wore some more hats um, but here being able to focus, like we talked about more on personnel, more on scouting and recruiting, it's been nice to really, cause I can dive deeper, right? I can make a couple extra phone calls to contacts. I can watch a little more camp film. I can go back and, and, you know, watch those things because my, my view is a little more narrowed. Um, it's, it's been really nice, you know, and have, and then, you know, like I said, to work with Shelby and, and, and work with people in the recruiting office has, has been really nice as well. Um, but it's been good, but it's been good. Yeah. We, uh, what, you know, wife moved out here with me. We've got a, we've got a daughter and a, and a newborn son. So it, uh, that, that's been an adjustment, you know, like I said, we're East coast people. So it's the first go around on the West coast. Uh, but, but it's been good. It's been almost, almost a year so far, which is crazy to think about, but, uh, but, and it's a good staff. There's a lot of, a lot of good guys, you know, with young kids. So it's been, it's been good on the, the family side too. That's awesome. And, and congrats on the newborn and, we, this was, gosh, this had to have been 2017 to an 18 bowl season. Uh, I was at UH the, the year that Herman took the Texas job and it wound up being Todd Orlando was the interim. Mm-hmm. And this was right before the exodus of everybody going over to Texas. And we, we got our tails kicked in by San Diego State. We, we, we played Danelle Pumphrey and, yeah. and, uh, Who's the back that got drafted by the Seahawks? Um, I can't. Kind of smaller guy, right? There was a, there was another there was another back that was his backup that wound up getting drafted the next year. Can't think of it. Um, but Vegas was cool, and and I did not go out and really have a good time because I was so nervous about trying to get the director <laughs> job, and you know I'm just doing recruiting stuff the whole trip. Um, and we go out to Bishop Gorman for the practice, and like that area is so nice. It reminded me a lot of like Arizona, like that surprise, like kind of felt like spring training weather, like the entire time we were down there. So like, what's it like living in, in Las Vegas? Cause I know there's, there's obviously like the strip and there's like, you know, Vegas uh, as what everybody thinks of, but where, where are you living? Like, what's it like on, on a, from a year to year. And, and I guess COVID kind of gives you an augmented version of it, but How's it been? It's been good. It's been good. Uh, yeah, Vegas is, a, I mean, if, if you've never been here, uh, it's certainly more than, than what you think from the outside being, you know, Midwest or East Coast or whatever. Um, it, it's one of the top five fastest growing cities in the country, right? And, and that's because of Henderson, which is kind of a, you know, city slash suburb southeast of the Strip or, or Summerlin, which is west of the Strip. So I'm, I'm down in Henderson. I'm about 15 minutes from campus. Um, I think there's about 2.5 million people in this kind of Las Vegas Valley area. Um, so it is way more than, than you think it is. Like I said, if you're, if you're down in Henderson or you're over in Summerlin, um, you wouldn't even know the strip was there unless you, unless you drove to the airport or drove that way, you know? So like I said, Vegas has something for everybody, whether it's restaurants, or shows or sports, um, obviously, you know, UNLV basketball, UNLV football. Um, so it, it's a good city to live in, man. It really is. No state income tax helps, um, you know, from, from the financial Much. side, <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's just, it's blowing up because I think a lot of people from California are moving in. A lot of people from Arizona are moving over. Um, so it's an exploding city and, and, and hopefully UNLV football can kind of match that track. 
National Atomic Testing Museum. Please tell me you've been there. There's everything, man. There's a ping pong, or there's a, what, not a ping, it's a, a pinball museum. There's all kinds of stuff. Like I said, I, I, so you, I don't, you went to, you went to the pinball museum? No, I haven't. I haven't. But, uh, but there's, there, I mean, like I said, there's all kinds of stuff. There's hiking. You, know, you go north, there's hiking. Red Rock Canyon is, is awesome. And if you're an outdoorsy kind of person, there's, like I said, there's Vegas, man. There's something for everybody. That's cool, man. Well, um, I appreciate it. This was, this was fun. It's always great talking ball with you. Um, where can our listeners go and sign up for this DPP Spring Clinic? I'm going to try to post this before y'all start um, so that people actually like get it in time. But where can they go to find more resources, sign up, uh, kind of crowdsource more of the, the panel discussions that y'all are going to have? Yeah, so the, the easiest way is uh, on Twitter is FB Personnel. There's, there's a Twitter handle that's kind of managing some of the communications. It's at FB Personnel. Um, and then the clinic will be on May uh, 27th and 28th uh, to here in Vegas. And it'll be at Caesars Palace. So we have a, uh, you know, we've got a room rate. If, if you're looking to stay in town, it'll be um, more of a check-in social on that 27th and the 28th. Uh, we'll start up that morning and about 3, 3.30 but you can, you can go on and, and there's a Google sheet. Like I said, there's, there's no, no cost to, to register. So like I said, anybody that, that is interested in coming in and learning and visiting and networking, um, hopefully it'll be, be the start of an event. You know, we can, we can do yearly, obviously the date will change because of, you know, recruiting calendars and, you know, will the location change? Like I said, I don't know this, you know, this isn't really my event. Like I said, I'm just the steward of, of this particular year and, and hopefully year over year continues to grow and, 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 have a, a forum for, for guys and gals like us to, to, to visit. Yeah, I think it's, it's a must. And I, I'm so glad y'all are doing it. I think for just in, in my head, um, you know, fall camp used to be when they did the, the player personnel symposium. I never went to it. Cause like, I want to watch my freshmen. I want to evaluate those guys and see how they're doing. Um, but like this time of the year, when maybe coaches are more on the road, you know, doing the, the road spring, recruiting period um carve out a weekend and we'll figure it out i, I think you yeah, guys i think are, i maybe attach it to like the beginning of the dead period right so you, yeah you, like you said your coaches are on the road everybody comes back and maybe that first weekend um and and that's stuff we hope to kind of nail down uh you know at this event kind of what what the structure looks going forward um like i said lucas at, at nevada or, or myself don't ever hesitate to reach out on social um you know we've had some people be like hey i just think this is cool i can't come but excited for next year you know anything like that but the more input, the, the better. Yeah. And, and for, for those of y'all listening, Sarah, please, please, if you can make it out there, check it out. Um, it'd be a great opportunity. Uh, Geiska and, and Lucas have a ton of great, great guys lined up to talk to y'all. Uh, you can follow Geiska on Twitter at Geiska, G-A-I-Z-K-A underscore UNLV. And that's all I got. Is there anything that, that you want to touch on before we, we hit end on this show? No, I'm good, man. Like I said, I, I appreciate the forum. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to, to talk about it. And, uh, you know, hopefully, like we said, year over year, and, and it can turn into a, a really nice event that, that hopefully then get, you know, a wider range, East Coast, Midwest, you know, Deep South and the West Coast also. No doubt. All right, partner. Best of luck. All right, man. Good luck.